Hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi there, welcome. We're doing podcasts differently these days. We're opening them with content. Some material. Some stuff. And that's why... Something you've never heard before. Kara, the producer, and Rami, the producer, are here. We do this every morning now. We do. We do. this more work, guys. With an extra um, announcer in the studio this morning as well. Well, yeah. Or two. He brought his kids to work today. So many children. I I don't know if this is the right time to bring it up. What? um, I noticed that, like, Kara has music whenever Kara enters the room. Yep. And we... Do not have a soundtrack for when Rami enters the room. What's I Rami's think, soundtrack? I think when I speak, that is my soundtrack. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think Iconic. we should work on that and look I at don't need what would be a good idea, a what would be a good song for I just Rami. swear at you guys. I was thinking more Dua Lipa. That, that scene Dua there. Lipa, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Physical yeah, yeah. Don't Start Now, thanks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I, I'm not allowed to play those. I'm not allowed to play those in a. I can't. Yes, because it's copyright. That's right. So we'll get you to sing it, Rami, because you sing. The songs uh, right. is how people really recognise them. How does that Dua Lipa song go? Which one do you want to hear? The one that you just suggested for yourself. I said physical, don't start now. Yeah, how's it going? If you don't want to see me oh, dancing with somebody. Don't show up. Don't. This is crap. The studio. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Is that, was that Let's actually move on. the raw vocal of Dua Lipa? That was before the raw vocal. Before the mastered version. Yeah. 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 Guys, the point of this podcast is, of course, we're going to talk about stuff that you haven't heard on the show. Oh, yes. Yeah. But you guys might have pitched this morning. Mm-hmm. Matt, over to you this morning. Ooh. You pitched a very weird oh, one. Okay. They got me Googling it. I know it what you're talking about. During well, the show. Have you ever thought that, gee, the day seems to have dragged a little bit? Yeah. That's yeah. because. Especially this morning. One Seventy-four thousandth of a second longer every year our days have been getting, right? Really? Why is my life feeling like it's rapidly flashing before my eyes? Well, I, that I can't. The last answer. three years have felt like the fastest time passing of all time, and you're telling me it's actually getting longer. It's getting longer, but then again, it's very. This is very confusing. So basically, our inner core of our planet, mm. right, which is this superheated mass of iron. Mm spins mm-hmm. and it can spin differently to the way the earth is spinning so that that can slow the planet down or indeed it can speed the planet up if it changes direction but then or it can time? stop does that affect time though it will it slows the rotation of the of the earth wow. i'm sort of getting getting the image of like mm. when you're in the bath when you're little and you had the water in the bath and you used to just, do you ever slide yourself from one end of the bath to the other and the water would yes. keep oh, that was cool. you? Yeah. Oh, that is exactly that's right. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Because and so it's, then it, it slows you because you're going against the momentum of the water. That's right. And because it's a solid core, yet it's around a liquid mantle, so superheated, ro- melted rock, it's allowed to spin. It allows it to spin. Anyway, they think it's changing direction. And that can have, you know, impacts on, as I said, the rotation of the earth and other unforeseen things like earthquakes. So the apocalypse is real. Well, it's happened before. Rami and I were Googling this uh, during the show, actually, just yeah. to try and get a bit more information it and understand about it. Yeah. And Rami was freaking out like the world was going to finish tomorrow because all of the headlines are like, the Earth's core is spinning the other way, the Earth's core. And Rami's going, no, 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 we're going to freak out. And it's like, it's okay. Man. And I was like, I just had an epiphany. Relax. I'm like, do you realize we live, we're so insignificant. Like we live we so on this tiny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Pete, you witnessed me in that very moment when I made that epiphany. I think you thought I was on something. I laughed my ass off. Well, I think you're on something. Everybody. We're all really insignificant, but yeah. you are significant to us. Oh, oh, oh that's, that's very, very sweet. Cool. Can I just add something to your story, Matt? Nice I noticed girl. also in 2009, yeah. apparently the earth almost stopped spinning. 
I I read that. I don't know if I got that yeah, right. No, I think but the core stops spinning. They they think that happens. That means we'll be stuck in day or night. Is that how it works? N- no. no. If the Earth stops rotating, spinning, we'd be in big trouble. And also, it's nothing an eye mask stop. can't fix, Rami. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you reckon last bright. night was hot. Imagine 35 degrees at night. <laughs> If the Earth was to stop spinning, we'd lose gravity, wouldn't we? I think so. Yeah, because so. yeah, we have it's gravity the... because the Earth spins. I feel like we need well, so we all start educated. Yeah, I that's the case. I mean, it's the Coriolis. What do they call that effect? Aurora Bori. Aurora Coriolis. God, this is turning into. <laughs> I mean, I found it interesting because it was, you know, like the Earth's core was spinning. I didn't even know that we had no, that. There are scientists here right now listening, going, "Wow, guys, these guys have really got a yeah. point. They're really using our information." I, I think it was Eddie McGuire, and I don't often quote Eddie McGuire, oh, who said, "Never turn on the mic unless you know more than the person who's listening." Well, and I mean, this is a, a situation where that hasn't happened. Well, no, that's only... I don't agree with that because that's only to say we're educating people. We're not educating oh, anyone. God, well, I hope if not. the Earth Come stopped moving... Place, yeah. I don't think anyone's oh, going to be a, have you got to fact? Yeah, that. The okay. Earth is always in motion yeah. uh, and so are other things, including the atmosphere. If the Earth stopped moving suddenly, everything on the surface would be destroyed because the atmosphere would keep spinning. Oh really? So it wow. would basically what? it I'm would petrified. feel really. Yeah, it basically everything on Earth would experience a sideways deceleration of zero point seven five of Earth's gravity. So it would yeah. feel like things were at an angle of thirty eight degrees from the vertical, enough for most buildings to fall over. That, that happens, oh my god! To be fair, that happens when you scull a three liter case of Banrock <laughs> Station too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that was interesting. You, so you can learn things from us. There you go. Mm. Yeah. And also to to further to your point, Rami, just so you know, um, the cycle of day to night would take a whole year to be accomplished. So everywhere on the planet would receive six months of continuous daylight and another six months of continuous darkness, just like the North and South Poles mm. today. Wow. Yeah, sure, of course. But every region would still get different seasons as the temperature moved. So we could be stuck in six months of summer. Yeah, which yeah. you get in Perth anyway. Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, I didn't move to the Antarctica. Crazy, crazy <laughs> yeah. science stuff. Yeah, big gay scene there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Eddie McGuire. We learnt something new today. <laughs> we just need to stop down this podcast for a moment to see if your kids need anything. Yeah, they've been no, quite vocal. Do you girls need um, anything? What do you need? Toilet. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Izzy needs the toilet. Do you need... Mila, you're, are you cold? Do you need me to show you where? Izzy needs a toilet, Mila's cold. Okay. Can pod, I, do you pod, want me hang on. Before Maureen, we go. Before we go, in this podcast, bought a sofa bed. Yeah. Where do you keep your ashes? <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah. Michael Clark's lying. Uh, we, we, got we got one. one. Do you have a prison pen pal? Kim is drone. Yes. Oh. Can I just say, you have to listen to the prison pen pal stuff. That was one of the best ones I've had all year. Very it's interesting. been a week. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, we've all got right. places to go. Take Sorry, guys. Take to the toilet. Thanks go for coming on. to the podcast. Bye. We got So, We Got One is a segment that we do on this show where we've got a question to ask you, but we're not entirely convinced we'll get someone. But if we do, oh, it's going to be a banger. Great. (laughs) Great day. Right. Fantastic. Now, here's the question for today. Do you have a prison pen pal? Are you writing to someone in prison? Right. Okay. This is the reason why. I've come across a story this morning uh, about Samuel Wilmot. Now, Samuel Wilmot is a Perth bloke. Uh, he's currently in Bunbury Regional Prison, yeah. and an image of him has appeared online is p- as part of a Facebook group called Australian Inmates Looking for Pen Pals. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, now, this guy was involved in the theft of his former friend's father's life savings, so he was caught digging that stuff sure. up from years before, but then it was a few years down the track he was, you know, a part of something else. We don't need to get into that nitty-gritty. No. But the fact of the matter is, you dive into this on this Facebook page, Australian Inmates Looking for Pen Pals, we've already got people calling, yeah, by yeah, the way. It's yeah. quite fascinating. I've started um, diving in. This, this Facebook page... Has got you have to join the page, yeah. right, to be part of it. Mm. It's got eight thousand five hundred and thirty-one members. There you go. It doesn't surprise. I mean, I would imagine that sort of thing is encouraged, perhaps by by the prison system to would, do, you yeah. know to get prisoners thinking outside. You know what's going to happen after they leave. Well, I mean, there's uh, there's a couple of women that have so far replied to his post or the post that somebody has posted on his behalf, saying one promising, "I will, lovely." You are with some love hearts. You know what I think is good about this page, though? The Australian, this page, because it's Australian, I guess, there's some rules to it. They're like, look, any prisoner on there has to be single in order to not complicate anyone who's in a relationship because that kind of communication can become complicated. fair enough. Um, They also have to say what their crime was and it cannot be any crimes committed against women or children. Okay. Right? On the American sites that I've gone through... Oh, they don't say anything. It's just like I'm on death row, and you don't know oh, why well, or I mean, what's you going it's on. Not a parking fine, right? You do, yeah, but the, yeah. like, there's a lot of people that that do this. Mm-hmm. We got one. We got Haley and Butler. Good morning to you, Haley. Good morning. Hey guys. Good, Haley. You've got a prison pen pal that you're writing to. <laughs> I do. I've been writing to this person for about a year now. And what inspired you to do that? So I was actually watching the show Locked Up After Love, and I love a good like reality TV show. Mm. And then I kind of figured out that you can go onto a website in America and look up a list of prisoners. It gives them the crimes they committed and how long they're in prison for. I selected someone who I thought their crime, obviously it's a crime, but like it's not at a level that yes. grosses me out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I w- I'll pick you. And then I initiated it, obviously. So I sent, um, his name's Frank. He's in Nevada, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I sent him a letter just saying, hi, how are you? How's your life? He's got, um, he was arrested when he was 18 and he had 20 years to serve for, am I, am I allowed to say his crime? It's Maybe not, not. We're not sure because yeah, we're live. Yeah, Maybe not. Yeah. Not necessary. Uh, just, we, uh, so I suppose <laughs> we can take that it's very serious, serious crime for yeah. being locked up for 20 years. Um, it it kind of wasn't. He was a driver in a situation. Oh, okay. So ah, okay. young African-American gentleman, so he kind of got the book thrown at him yeah. from previous crimes and... Um, basically he kind of wrote back to me, my husband thought it was completely weird and strange, but now we kind of look forward to the letters together. Hayley, okay. do you think you would feel differently if you were writing to an inmate in Australia who there would be potential to meet? Possibly. However, one of the conditions when you write to someone in America, at least, is that you have a PO box. You can't give them your home address okay, to sure. send the letters to. So it's not it's not email, like it's like proper physical snail you mail. Can, you can email, but he likes to handwrite his letters and send them back. It takes up his more of his time. Right. Okay. And what positives have you taken from this, Haley? Um, it's, it's given me like an insight into the prison system over there and, and what it's like. Um, it's also kind of I, I kind of like writing to it. I'm, I look forward to getting the letters back and stuff, and he answers. 
he asks for pictures from like around Perth, like the beaches uh-huh. and like the city. Um, but obviously, I don't send pictures of me and my husband. No. But like, it just he he likes seeing what it looks like outside. Haley, yeah, right. Amy, are you quite liberal with your details? Like, do you, have you told him your name? Have you? You probably, yeah. you know, you, I doubt you've told him addresses and suburbs and stuff, but <laughs> no, yeah. like, you know, and then uh, the other thing is, I guess, like, what about, what if this continues for the next however many years and it gets to the point where he gets out and he winds up in Perth one day for a bit of a holiday? That'd be really weird. I mean, I'd probably be happy to have him on, on Facebook and have that communication still, yeah. if it, that's a thing in 20 years, who knows? But like, I I feel like me being so ostentatious, most people just say I'm loud. It kind of channels that energy into to giving him something to look forward to in yeah. what's not a great situation. Yeah. yeah, it feels like you're trying to get some, give something back and it feels like that's rewarding for you. Yeah, it's nice and weird and interesting and I really didn't think I'd be one of the, it's one of those callers. Yeah. Person, yeah. But here I am. Wow, that's wow. wicked. Well, thank yeah. you for being a, we got one this morning. We really appreciate being able to talk to you about that. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day. You too. Now uh, uh, Haley's going to have something to write to him about. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be like, you're not going to believe this. Who <laughs> sent it up on the radio? <laughs> we were talking about it on air, and I called up. It's time to talk ashes. Oh. Kimba. There we go. I've, Pete's jumped the gun. That's not the kind of ashes that oh. I'm talking about. What ashes are you talking about? This is the only ashes anyone should ever talking, talking about. I'm talking about like crematorium ashes. Oh, okay, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have Close. a, don't have a sound don't effect. Have a... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, is there a fire effect? <laughs> and it burns, burns, burns. <laughs> the other night I was uh, just uh, casually walking through the living room and I heard something on the TV that sort of made me stop and double take. This is what I heard on the project. Um, Denise Drysdale, ding dong. Um, she famously has both of her parents, who've both been cremated, in salt and pepper shakers. I fell into a <laughs> burning ring of fire. I heard that statement and I sort of stopped and went, oh, did, ding I, dong. did I hear that correctly? She's got her parents' ashes in the salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. Turns out, yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Years ago, this is something that she did. Uh, she had her parents' ashes glued into two small enamel jars like salt and pepper shakers, and she travels with them around the world. That's oh. nice. Takes her parents on cruises. Uh, wherever she goes, she said that she had one made in Hong Kong and the other in Vietnam, carved it from stone, and they're very beautiful. And she says, I take them everywhere. And it's just the normal thing to do. And I just want to know, where do you keep your ashes? I like it. Well, I've still got mum in a thermos. Uh, well, half, <laughs> half of mum. The other half of her is on the Blackwood River near Bridgetown, <laughs> uh, on top of the piano in the, in the man cave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we giggle, but it's that thing of just going, I get it, because some people want to have that close to their hearts. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got my pets on my bookcase. My dogs are in some beautiful wooden um, sort of containers on my bookcase with a little brass engraving. That's nice. But, you know, and I get that. It, it's what it means to you. I did feel a little bit perturbed when my auntie showed up with um, some ashes of my grandmother and said, you're welcome to have these. I wasn't expecting her to bring them to me in a Chinese takeaway container. No. I felt you're very confronted. Joking. Yeah, because not only was it just like, oh, it's really confronting to see it in a container yes, like that. It yes, felt cheap. Yes. But on top of that, that's the kind of thing you're scared to take the lid off. Because yeah. when it's like, crack, crack, yes, crack, and yeah. you just know it's going to go, <laughs> Everywhere. Did it come with prawn crackers? <laughs> <laughs> Nicola in Maida Vale. Hi. 
Oh, good morning. I keep my mum in my laundry cupboard in a plastic container. <laughs> okay. Why, why the laundry? Why the container? It's a container she came in um, and, I mean, she passed in 2003 and I, I, when I finally got her, um, I was going to take her back to the UK where she wanted to be spread, but mm. um, COVID stopped that and she's in the cupboard just because it's confronting for people to see. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> so is the it, laundry felt like the less confronting. <laughs> is it confronting for you at all, Nicola? Um, no, not really. No. Um, no. It's just how it is, isn't yeah. it? It's... Nicola, how close is she to the washing powder? Uh, no, she's not close to the washing powder. Oh, good. Good, good, good. There are mistakes good. to be made. Yeah, that's a very, Gee, our colours are brighter. <laughs> Jasmine in Bullsbrook. Where do you keep your ashes, Jasmine? So it's not where we keep my brother's ashes. Um, so his ashes are in a box that matches his bed that he went in. Um, but we were actually travelling from up north to Perth and we went through security at the airport and they actually put us aside because they were like, this is a suspicious package. Oh. And we're like, no, no, it's our brother's ashes. And they are like, what? Why are you carrying this? And what were you carrying him around in? So, the like, literally just carrying like a – it's like a – 15 kilo box full of his ashes like and it matches his bed while his coffin is what people call it and why can i ask why they were with you at the time um because when we lived up north all our family was in perth so we're bringing them down so they can kind of spend time with his ashes yeah right yeah 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 makes sense yeah it does i mean it's just i guess people find it confronting and they i guess at the airport they have to ask about any package it's a bit strange uh sarah in mundaring where are your mum's ashes uh my mum's ashes are in my earrings oh okay got them put in by a jeweler or something I did. I had them put in by a jeweler. I had her jewelry melted down, and I put her ashes in there. Nice one. We were very close. I always threatened to put her in a Tupperware container and have her sitting <laughs> with me. So now, instead, I have her in my ear so she can nag me all the time. That's a gorgeous <laughs> idea, isn't it? I love and that. And every time we have a family celebration or anything like that, she gets put in my ears and we go. So oh, she gets to come along. Wow. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. I like that. that see, it's, I like that more than the salt and pepper shaker. I yeah. think <laughs> I, I, I think it's highly appropriate that my mum's in a drinking vessel on top of the <laughs> piano. <laughs> Lego, you guys. All right. Hey, second one for the year. Kimber, just to point ahead, you got, you got off on the right foot. Yes. Uh, last week, Kimber did very, very well. Are we ready? Yeah. Are yeah. we re- 100% ready? Yeah. Come on, Karen, the producer. Oh, bring it in, Karen. There he is. Bring it in, Karen. Strut it in. Come on. You sexy thing, you sexy thing, you. I believe in miracles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Give me the paper. Just a tease. You're such a tease. You are such a tease. Gorgeous. All right, so I've got producer Kerry bringing in the clues. The questions. Yeah, it's so we can't get anything done around this place because every time Kerry walks into the room, we hear that music. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Soundtrack to life for him. Uh, so three different years here, three different montages from those years made up of movies and songs and moments in time. I'm going to play them to you one by one. You write down the year you think they're from, close to the pin, best of three, and you listening right now, wherever you are, you can play along. Are we ready? Yep. Oh, oh. A Blade Runner's job is to hunt down replicants, manufactured humans you can't tell from the real thing. 
This is the first occasion in the 50-year history of the bridge that the traffic has been blocked and pedestrians allowed to take full advantage of walking across Sydney's most famous landmark. Wow, I mean, Matt could not have put up an answer faster if I tried because I know he loves Flock of Seagulls. Loves it. He absolutely frosts that track. I do love that song. He frosts that track. So I'm going to go with... Uh-huh. What do you look in, Maddie? Look, I I went eighty three. Oh, because okay. I think the uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge was nineteen thirty three, and that was oh. the fiftieth anniversary. I went a lot later. I went so, with nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, you because I remember you. my friend trying to make me watch Blade Runner in like year six. Great film at school, and I figured that was about nineteen ninety, and so I sort of thought. Mm. Mm, I think I think that would. Yeah, it was either 33 or 32 that Sydney Harbour Bridge opened. Oh. Yeah. It was 1982. But Ooh, that is very nice, nice Maddie. Nice. Nicely played, sir. All right, here's your second one. Take off your glasses and apologise to us. I'll say sorry, but I'm not taking off my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I am Iron Man. Oh, God. That was Corey, wasn't it? It was Corey. Corey Worthington. Corey Worthington, that's correct. It's Corey Worthington. I don't remember when that was, but I remember him so well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. Uh... Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kimber. I I watched Iron Man for the I go sixth. Went, seven. I probably got that very wrong. What did you go, Maddie? Ninety four. I've gone two th- for Iron Man. Oh, I don't know. I've gone two thousand and six. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'm. I don't know, but and I was like for Iron Corey Man. Worthington. I mean, you remember you remember the clip. I, I, rem- right? I can remember see him. You I can, can see him. him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Corey Worthington, for those of you who don't know, playing at home, the party boy. Who, party boy. Just a dude who, what, 16 or something he was, threw a party and yep, too many people turned up. Yeah. And Do a current think? affair or whoever that was, like asking him to apologise on behalf of the country. Because <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't care Tracy. less. It was yeah. Tracy party Grimshaw. man. Grimmers. This is the best. Quill by Grimmers. Uh, <laughs> you even think Corey Worthington was born in 1994? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm that wrong, am I? 2008. Okay, sure. But that's okay. It just makes things interesting. Pump the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stumping? If you build it, he will come. Okay, you must have heard that. Sorry. Hey, come on in to dinner. It's already the largest oil spill in U.S. history. The tanker Exxon Valdez gouged by a reef. I don't know the answer, and I can only base it off one. Mm -hmm. The song. Exxon Valdez. Pump up the jam. Pump, pump it, it up. up. What? See, I was Why primary school, I'm pretty it. sure, when that came out. I'm yeah. going to say. It had that crazy my... film clip. Yeah, it did, very crazy. Yeah. It's classic, classic. Oh, I was about to give it away. No, I'm not going to say. I'm going to stick with my uh, answer from the last round. What'd you go okay, with? Okay, yeah, 94. hang on. 94. Hang on. Mm. Uh, well, you know. I went with 91. Mm. Um. Kevin Costner, of course, Field of Dreams. Was it Field of Dreams, was it? It built it and they will come. Yeah, the baseball field out in the cornfield. Cracking movie. It's no Waterworld, but cracking movie. (laughs) Uh, It's no Robin Hood. When he played Robin Hood, (laughs) one of my favourite moments of Hollywood is him as Robin Hood getting off a boat, finally back in England, kisses the sand and goes, Oh, my England. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I digress. It was uh, 1989. Kimba. Well done, Kimba. Pop another point up there. Pop another point up there. Well done. Pop.
You have to really twist your mouth for that, don't you? Twomp it, twomp it, twomp it. Speaking of the kids, I've got a couple of them in the studio as we speak, You do. They're having a grand old time. Yep. One's sitting on my lap. Yep. Uh, Isabella's enjoying a baby chino that Rami, the producer, very nice, has made for it. Probably one of the best baby chinos I've ever seen in my entire life. Actually, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Some good foam. Yeah. Uh, Mila and, and I just hanging out over here, aren't we, Mila? Watching yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm sure other media outlets at this time of day have got you know world news on the TV. We've got what is it called? Hoopla Dupla. Hoopla okay, on so Hoopla Dupla. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, uh, because you know, I've, uh, well, three kids, six and as I've mentioned a couple of times, yeah, um, it means that uh, when you've got what's going on at our house, anywhere is a place to sleep. Sure, I bet, right? yes. absolutely yes. anywhere. So our whether studio, it, for example, our studio, <laughs> uh, whether it be the floor, whether it be the, I've seen them perched on the top of the couch. Yeah. So you know, like the back part of the couch, yeah. they've fallen asleep on the top of the couch, behind the couch, the side of the couch, mm-hmm. in the kitchen, wherever. Um, Absolute game changer we purchased for the first time in our lives. Mm. A sofa bed. Oh, you bought a, a sofa, sofa bed. bed. Oh, Where is oh, the sofa bed? Oh, my goodness. The sofa bed's in the front room oh. uh, and it's in front of the television. Are you right there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sofa bed is an interesting uh, contraption because whilst it sounds wonderful. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a good sleep on a sofa bed. <laughs> no, you There's know always why. the pole somewhere in the middle and, of the bed. And a sofa bed requires other guests to sleep in it a minimum of 15 times before you do. Otherwise, they're too firm. Is that right? I feel like they don't, you know what I mean? They're either too soft or too firm. But in the beginning, they don't, they just feel like that kind of foam. So they you need to wear it in. I think you have to wear it Is in. Is that what you're talking mm. about? But you're so tired, you could probably sleep on the bars themselves. I was going <laughs> to say, yes, mate, yes. yeah, absolutely. Like, given that, given that we rarely sleep anyway, and given that I've had to sleep in various places that I described before, sofa bed's the most comfortable yes. thing. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Are you ever f- folding it back into the sofa shape, or is it just going to stay out as a bed now? Oh, God, no. It was just a, like basically permission for you guys to put a bed in any room of that. A day house. bed. It's just <laughs> a bed. It's just a bed. I love it. Went for a stroll yesterday, and I'm maybe not proud of something that I've done. Okay. And maybe I'd like to take it back and it's probably too late. I was taking the dog for a stroll last night once it had got cooler. Um, P.S. I'm seeing a few too many people walk in their dog during the day. What do you mean? It's bad for their feet. You're going to burn their feet. So if you're not aware, if you're a new dog owner or you're not really aware, when you're going out, put your hand on the back of your hand, Mm. not the palm of your hand, but the back of your hand on the concrete. And if you can't hold it on there for five seconds, you shouldn't be walking your dog. Okay. Okay. I mean, not to get off the topic, but like, I thought that's what the pads are for. On the no, darling, no. They burn their feet really badly. What if you get dog's shoes? Dog shoes, yeah, dog sure. Shoes. Yeah, dog thongs. Let's get dog thongs. Yeah. Knock yourself yeah. out. But I took the dog for a walk, but it's quite late in the day. And uh, um, and I get around the corner and I'm like, I hear this noise. And I'm like, what is that noise? And it was this. Zzzz, and I look up and there's a drone. Oh, God. A suburban drone, someone in their backyard just hovering the drone in their sort of vicinity or thinking that they won't get in trouble if they're just doing it in their yard maybe. But I kept thinking this drone looked like it was following me, like Mm. it was edging, you know, when it was like turning around and you can see when it's facing you. And as I was walking around, I just felt the drone was facing me and quite frankly, I didn't feel like being filmed and so I flipped at the bird. Oh, nice. I flipped at the bird. I don't have a problem with that. For a while. Yeah, for a while. It is, so, <laughs> it is so counterintuitive to not wanting to be filmed, though. Like, it's yes. the thing yes. that makes it, it's, if anything, it's a magnet. 
That I thing's kept, hanging around you all day. I kept my head down. I kept my head down and just sort of like gave it the bird as in, just stop it already. Oh, I don't okay. care if you want to test out your drone and you want to see, but like if you're watching me and you're following me, and I know that these people could still see me walking in the street if they just went out into their front yard and saw me. Mm. But it's the idea that you're being filmed when you don't want to be filmed. And I just found it so offensive. And also the noise. Yes, like the noise one of my favourite things about taking the dog out was like this really nice quiet area and strolling around and just enjoying nature and listening to the birds and you can just hear this incessant all the time so um you know and it occurred to me that there's probably there could be someone with their kid on the other end of that drone going oh look there's let's see if we can see that lady from the sky yes and that they might have got more than they hoped for but it, it was just like i don't like it if you're filming people on your drone it should stop i got quite a surprise when i was still living the the bachelor life on the third floor of mascara pad i was quite free and easy in that pad because i didn't feel like anyone could see no. me no and I remember one evening a drone appearing at my... I remember you saying that. Whilst I was in quite a compromised position. <laughs> I remember you saying that. The whilst drone... I didn't flip them the bird, I invited them in. It's <laughs> bad <laughs> and Kimber. Um, I, I, look, we all saw the uh, footage of former Australian cricket captain Michael Clark and, and Carl Stefanovic and their respective wives and girlfriends having a bit of a, a big drunken argument in Noosa that was filmed. It Nothing was, like airing your dirty laundry in oh, the street. You know, and I don't want to dig into the muck of all that. But I what, do. What do <laughs> <laughs> but, well, what I did find interesting is, is uh, our very own Luanne Ward, who uh, is a sort of relationships expert out of Perth. Perth um, uh, seems to be on Daily Mail in Perth now quite often mm. uh, with an opinion. And she's, she's uh, talking about the body language that Michael Clark exhibited during all of that and says that that sort of indicates that, that truth was not being told. And I find that really interesting, like body language reading is, is you know, it's, it's obviously we come from an animal kind of base level and, yep. and we are giving away lots of messages that perhaps we've forgotten how to read oh, and understand. So, it, so like a, during that argument, Michael Clark looked down into the left and that means he's lying. That kind of thing. Oh. Uh, you know, one of the things that he did was splaying his arms out to make himself look bigger and removing his shirt uh, apparently is a sign of sort of going... A, a bit of an intimidation, like oh, no kidding. No, yeah, yeah. yeah Hi, I'm a giant gorilla. That kind let me of thing. impress you with my size and take my shirt off, so I look like I'm ready to brawl. That's one possibility. I mean, the chest was out, wasn't it? It really well, was. You poked your eyes out with his nipples the way that chest was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rising inflection of his voice yeah. is also apparently an indicator of of telling of untruths, right? Uh, and also the the shuffling of his feet. You know, a changing weight from one side to the other is also a sign of, of, of telling an untruth. All of those signs to me just sound like an aggressive guy about to lose his mind. Well, all of those about things to. sound to me like a drunk bogan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I don't the know. The rising inflection seems to be like every... <laughs> what are you saying, mate? Are you saying you saying that so you know, whilst I don't want to uh, poo-poo the science here, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's accurate, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what goes on between the the glamorous people of Noosa? <laughs> <laughs> Mix ninety four point five.